0: You are listening to Prove Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to Prove Text. I'm Michael Halcombe. I'm here with Fred Long and this is a Grammar Point episode and it's actually part 10. We thought we were going to end with part 8, but this is part 10 of our Part Disciples series and in the last one we looked at participles in the context of narrative, and I believe this time we're going to venture outside narrative. So, Fred, where would you like listeners to go?
0: Yeah, open up your Bibles to Ephesians 2, 11 through 21, not 22, pardon me. Yeah, and uh, this is our participle practicum. We're having fun and partying with participles. And so we're going to be looking at different participle uses to kind of drill in home some of the things that we've been talking about in the last nine episodes. So in verse 11, we see our first participle with uh, legomeni. Legomeni is, uh, and notice that it has an article that agrees with it in front of it. And so we're looking at an adjectival use and here it's actually a substantive use it's functioning alone the ones being called uncircumcision yep and so this is a mm. uh, substantive use of the participle and they're being called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision handmade in the flesh well there's this, there's a second participle right yes. there and upo clause upotes the gomenes, peritomes, uh, by the so-called circumcision. Now, in this instance, it is an adjectival use, but attributive attributive function because the uh, participle is modifying uh, peritomes, Mm -hmm. the uh, so-called circumcision. uh, circumcision. Yeah. all right, so then we see another participle in verse 12. Uh, because you were at that time without Christ, alienated. So possibly here, we have, we have a couple options here. The, the uh, participle alienated could be seen as a periphrastic participle. You were alienated at that time without Christ. Or it could be seen as post-nuclear circumstantial uh, developing more explaining, explanatory use, uh, explaining what it means that they were at that time without Christ. So you were at that time without Christ, comma, that's how the UBS Greek text has it, alienated from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners of the covenant of promise. I tend to view that as post-nuclear uh, explanatory. Now there's another uh, participle that's post-nuclear uh, explanatory in verse 12, not having hope. That's also explanatory and godless in the world. Echinde. All right.
1: Well, I, I want to point out for you, go on there, just the first three of these four participles have that men um, in in them couple with yep. omicrons, one with omega. And so you know their middle forms, right? And then that fourth one, echondes, has that ond uh, in the middle of it, which yep. is a telltale sign that it's active.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah, so formation. So verse 13 um, is, uh, there's another participle, ontes. That's just the pure form of the active formation, Present and that's from the verb of being ini, and that one is in fact uh, a substantive use. So you, comma the ones being far away. So there is a substantival use of the participle, adjectival substantival use. Uh, the ones being far away. And this one, in this case, it's functioning appositionally, explaining more about who you are. Uh, and of course, this is an identifier that is going to be reversed in the gospel because they who were once far away are going to become near. That's what he says here. You became near in the blood of Christ. So going on to verse 14, we see another uh, participle, P-A-S-A-S. Notice that it has its nominative, S-A-S, and it's got an article with it. That article is going to help parse it. That's also an adjectival use and it's substantival. So he is our peace, comma, oppositional, the one making. So that's a substantival use right there. The one making, the one having made both one, and loosening, loosas, destroying the dividing wall of hostility. hostility. Now that loosas, uh, in the middle of verse 14, that could be sharing the, the article that goes back to piasas. So that would also make it kind of a compound uh, participle, substantive, the one making and the one destroying. It's very possible. Okay, Um, then you have a kat-argesas in verse 15. Now that is nominative, but in this case, I don't think it's sharing that article. Rather, it is a post-nuclear participle And it's explanatory, it's explaining what else is entailed with the destroying of the dividing wall of hostility, namely abolishing the law of commandments with dogma sin. Yeah, so that is post-nuclear. So what we're seeing is that in in non-narrative or argumentative discourse, you're going to have a lot more explanatory circumstantial participles, that is, Participles that are circumstantial that occur after the main verb. There's a lot more explaining and filling out that's happening. Whereas with narrative discourse, we saw a lot of pre nuclear positioned circumstantial participles.
1: Can you say a word? Uh, I don't, I don't think we've talked about this, but I know one of the translation issues that students often run into is you'll have say um, an aorist participle, but a present tense verb. What do you do in that sort of situation? Which which one wins or how does that work?
0: Well, um, you know, aorist can tend to mean time prior, um, but, you know, you can translate it with or without like a after, you know, so in this case, you know, he himself is our peace, the one having made both one, and loosening the 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 wall of hus- dividing wall of hostility. So there, the main verb is in verse fourteen is is present tense. He is our peace, but then you have his appositional participle statement, the one having made as aorist. So I like using having. The Helping verb having to, to tr- translate that. Mm. Um, that's kind of a trick that I like to pull out of my hat. Um, mm. Yeah. So uh, so verse 15. Uh, in order that he would create two, the two into one new humanity. And then you have poi on at the end. Well, there you go. Now, here you have a present tense participle. It's post-nuclear. Pion from poyao to make. Um, And so rather than saying having made peace, that wouldn't be appropriate. Having made, that would suggest time prior. Mm. Um, This rather seems to be by making peace or thus making peace or something like that, like consequential um. yeah, by making peace, like instrumental, po- possibly a little bit of an adverbial sense implied. But um, yeah, present tense there. And then verse 16, and reconciling the both in one body to God through the cross. Then you have a post-nuclear heiress participle, having killed the enmity in himself. Apok Tinas is post nuclear, having killed the enmity, and then verse seventeen is really fun. And coming, he preached peace to those of us who are far away and to those who are near. Those of you far away, so coming, he preached peace. So Elthone is procedural. It's pre nuclear. It's directly abutted to the front of the verb. Preached the gospel. Preached peace. So the coming really isn't even necessary. In fact, it's not even found in the original. I don't think it's found in the original text of Isaiah where this is alluding from. So this is an example of a procedural uh, participle. It's laying out kind of the steps entailed in the action of the main verb. And usually to detail those steps is to draw emphasis to the action that's required. And here the action is one of going, coming and going. So you have to go in order to preach the gospel to people who are far away. Like literally, we're talking like the participle that Jesus uses in the Great Commission, going, make disciples of all nations. That's a procedural participle. Like before you can make disciples of all nations, you must go. And this, I, this is capturing a very important aspect of the gospel, which is that we're not expecting people to come to us. We mm. go to where the people are. And this is really an important message for the church today. Yeah. 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 And then we talked about last time the generative absolute in verse twenty, and um, yeah. So that that brings us, you know, to the to the end there. Um, you do have a little bit of ambiguity in verse twenty one. There's a participle knit together. So Jesus, in whom the whole structure knit together grows. Well, knit together is a participle that could be either understood adjectivally, the whole building knit together, or as a pre-nuclear circumstantial participle uh, describing what happens prior procedurally to make the whole building grow. That is, it's knit together. So the being knit together is an important procedural part of the growing Like that is being specified here. Like he could have just said the whole building grows into the holy temple of the Lord. No, he adds this big participle which describes this interlinking of the parts. And I think that's actually part of the point is that Jew, Gentile come together to form the people of God. um, And this is the temple of God that pleases God. And this is what grows it is this knitting together of people. So... Hmm. Anyway, you can see I have a lot of fun with these participles. There's a lot to unpack, what tense they are, where they're located, what usage, these kinds of things.
1: Yeah, excellent. Well, we hope you've learned a lot during these, uh, this participle series. And, yeah, uh, thanks, Fred, for all the insight. It was a, a lot, so we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, happy holidays. If you're listening during the holidays, uh, we hope that helps. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level? We here at Glossa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit Glossahouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.